Welcome to Newest, Latest, Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2018. I got a lot of feedback about my board gaming top three yesterday. A lot of you guys were very interested to hear more about some of those games. So I thought I'd spend today and do something a little bit different. I'm going to replay an interview that I had with the designer of my number one board game of 2017, The Seventh Continent. This is an interview with Bruno Sauter that I did uh, for the DLC podcast, my weekly long-form video game podcast that you can find at 5x5.tv slash DLC. So uh, apologies if you've already heard this, but it may be worth listening to. Again, it's a little longer than a normal newest, latest, best episode, but I really love this interview. I think it gives you uh, an idea about what went into making The Seventh Continent, and I think you're going to really, really enjoy my discussion. So here it is. Bit of tabletop time now, and I am so pleased to welcome one of the designers of Seventh Continent and a founder and CEO of Sirius Pulp, Bruno Sauter. Bruno, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, I am a huge fan of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a huge fan of the Seventh Continent, and uh, it, it, it really has become one of my favorite board games of all time, and I'm so impressed with the systems. I'm so impressed with the world you have created. And we're going to dig into all of that. But first, I'd like to talk a little bit about you and how the game came about. Uh, I know it's been a long gestation period yeah. for the Seventh Continent, but it's your third game, right, with you and, and your partner? Yes, it's it's our first third game. Uh, it's been for the Seventh Continent four years in the making. So basically two years more or less before the first Kickstarter campaign that occurred in uh, 2015. And then one year and nine months in the making to uh, finish designing the game, manufacturing it, shipping it from China to our bakers all over the world, and then uh, doing all the dealing with the the after sale issues and uh, and hopefully mm -hmm. having good reviews. Yeah, and and uh, you have I should have said right at this top here you have just finished up your second Kickstarter which. Ended at over seven million dollars, which congratulations yeah, for that. Exactly. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy crazy year. Um, we we wanted to we, we when we worked on the Seventh Continent, uh, the first uh, base box and then the expansions, we had so many more ideas that we wanted to to bring to to the players, uh, especially one that in, in, um, implied to play with uh, like a hot air balloon. To explore mm, right. the sky and stuff because we, the game uh, is about uh, exploring a mysterious world like kind of a Jules Verne world. So and Jules Verne, as uh, you most likely know, made all those books we about travel in a balloon and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was a kind of homage to to, to Jules Verne, and uh, we said, well, uh, if the game is appreciated when it is released, then why not keep on our journey to the seventh continent? And uh, end this uh, with a second Kickstarter in which we will have this new expansion, which brings new ideas that we had along the, the way. And, uh, and yes, it was a 
tremendous success and we are very proud and happy uh, to see that uh, what we the game was designed to be what the type of game that my associate and I would love to play and unfortunately uh, since we designed it we will never play it the way exactly <laughs> as we are right. you have to sometimes you have to make concessions to to make things happen and this is what this is what uh, what happened here and I would I would guess you will inspire a, a a bunch of games like it though I think it it with its success and with uh, the amount of praise that the Seventh Continent is getting, I suspect we'll see a lot of games that borrow heavily from the mechanics that you guys have innovated. Yeah, we'll see. It's uh, it's quite difficult to. It's a lot of work to. And, and in our days, apart from Kickstarter, that allows us small publishers to to go for crazy ideas like this one. By crazy, I mean uh, you you have to work two years before earning the first cent for your job. And uh, and it's it's it means a lot of hard work. My associate does all. He's a co-designer of the game, and also he does all the artwork. So lucky us, uh, he was on the on the team. And it was easier for us to because we couldn't have afford someone to 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 do hundreds and hundreds of uh, artworks right. uh, before uh, earning uh, at least one dollar. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been quite a journey, uh, both in our lives and in the game itself to, to, to come to what, what, whatever we, we managed to, to achieve. Yeah. And uh, we should mention your, your associate is Ludovic Rowdy, yes, right? Woody, that's, yeah. yeah. That's right. And you guys kind of grew up together and knew each other for many years. Uh, we, we met when I was 17. So it's, I'm 40 now. So it's been, yes, 23 years we've known each other. We, we were both passionate gamers and we met, uh, playing games together. Um, and the thing is, we work very well together uh, because he's more like the artist, and I'm more like the, the businessman in terms of <laughs> who does what. So I'm more about taking care of manufacturing, communication, and writing writing uh, texts and stuff. And he's more about making videos or di- uh, graphical design and artworks. And we yeah. we do everything together, just the two of us. Well, most of it we don't ship the games ourselves we don't manufacture the games ourselves but when it comes to designing and uh, creating the artwork and the texts and the whole book and whatever is in the box it's mostly the two of us and some people helped us uh, for proofreading the cards for instance translating them into english um but uh, so yes, we work very well together, and we we used to work before we had a company before Sayos Pulp uh, in France. Uh, it was a communication digital agency, so we made websites for big companies, and so we've been working together for yeah, I guess uh, seventeen years now. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's it's incredible that that you guys have brought so many innovations. I think to the hobby because. Um, Seventh Continent really feels so fresh on a number of levels, and I want to talk about each of them. First of all, what was the genesis of the idea? Was it the idea of uh, of exploring a, a one place that stays the same from game to game, or what was the impetus for the design at the very start? Well, it was Ludovic's idea. Uh, he had he had an idea of the of this kind when he was a very young boy, obviously not with that scale, uh, and then. Uh, in 2013, when we started working on this game, uh, we we had released already two board games that were uh, critical successes, but not financial successes. 
So basically, it was our last shot for us. We, we wow. were like, uh, okay, now we have only one more thing we can try. And if it works, uh, if it doesn't work, then we'll have to, to, to go back to our other <laughs> knowledge. We have to, to do another yeah. job. Your uh, job, yeah. And we said, okay, now uh, something changed in 2013 and uh, this thing was Kickstarter. So it allowed it ah. us to, to say, okay, so now we can work on something without taking care of how much it's going to cost, how long it's going to take. Uh, basically, it, it, it was like uh, a complete different approach from the one we had previously, because now we knew that we could, we would be able to uh, validate the concept before actually making it and manufacturing it. Wow. So with this in mind, we said, okay, so now we have no limits. So what is the game that we would like to play? And what game is missing for us uh, in the game, board game industry? And the answer was uh, an exploration game in which you actually explore, meaning you just right. you go to a place and this place will be there the, the day after when you go back to this place. So this was a very, very uh, central element of, the, of the, the design. And then we, Ludovic said, okay, so how do I do that? And quickly we arrived, very quickly we arrived to the choose your own adventure kind of mechanism, fighting fantasy uh, game books, uh, where you have those, those chapters that take you when you read uh, at the end of the chapter, it tells you, okay, if you want to go north, go to chapter, blah, 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 or if you want to go east, to the other one. So we said, okay, let's replace the chapters by cards, and then whatever happens, you will take a number, and the number will be another card, Telling you what what's what that happens or where you go or what you discover. So mm -hmm. it seems to be the very key uh, element of the game design, and yet this one was uh, it was very quick. I mean, we worked took us maybe one week to to solve these issues, and two mm -hmm. years to solve everything else. From, <laughs> yeah, from random events, how do we deal with them, and what is uh, the sequence to make sure that players don't forget to solve them. And it doesn't break the rhythm of the game. Uh, from uh, how can we split a group, especially when you want to go to somewhere else, you have to, to go in an underground dungeon. How do we make sure that players are not on two boards at the same time? So lots of lots and lots and lots of things uh, were designed during those two years. And also we wanted the game to work very well, uh, as well as solo as, uh, or as in a group. And uh, we are not too fond of uh, rolling dices when it comes to solo play because most of the time it's very punishing or you, you just skip this because it's like, oh, no, I don't want to, to lose because I, 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 I made the one on a D-Sax die. So we said, okay, no dice. And we love to, to have our games very um, limited in terms of uh, different type of components. So if we make a, a game with cards, we try to make... 95% of the content cards. If we make a, a, a game with dice and we'll have mostly dice in the game, we try not to have at the same time, okay, some cards, some tokens, some dice, some, some whatever. So uh, this one was going to be cards. So we focused on having a system that works with cards and uh, we came up with this idea of uh, an action deck where uh, the more you draw cards, the more success you successful you will be, but the sooner you will die. With a, right. which is a, something that allows you to not to cheat because you, you are like, okay, I, I don't have to cheat because I can draw so many cards if I want to. 
But then two hours later, you will uh, you will face exhaustion, which is not easy to say in French. Exhaustion. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's it's such an elegant system, and um, I I wonder I, the thing that so impresses me about uh, Seventh Continent too is how thematic everything feels. I mean, you came to that system in a desire to want to have it remain card based, but it really does feel like that's how it would be if I was on this island. If I if something takes more effort, yeah, I have to keep trying at it longer, and it will bring me closer to exhaustion, and. There's so many elements of the game like that that feel like this is really how it would be. You know, when I look at a card and I study it and I notice a little number, you know, etched in the corner, it really does feel like I am searching around on the ground in a strange place. I am so impressed that you were able to maintain that theme throughout all the systems in the game. Well, thank you. It was a, one of our objectives was to not lose the players in something like uh, for instance, no turn sequence. We didn't want the turn sequence to come, and so you have to resolve it like, okay, so when it comes to your turn, you have to, one, do this, two, do that, three, do that. We wanted players to play, and then someone else plays, just like in the role-playing game. And so it's you never lose the scope of exploring and having fun, and you don't have to take into account like, okay, this is a refresh uh, step of the game turn. We didn't want that right. at all. Um, right. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, we we f we found solutions along the way to to solve all the issues that that we met, and to to make sure that um, as much as possible, everything that was uh, a kind of a mechanic of the game would also be a support for the, the universe itself and the thematic. So for instance, um, if you kill a bear, you hunt, you kill a bear, uh, you might get blooded. But we don't tell you, uh, okay, you've just killed the bear, so now you are full of blood. We say, okay, you kill a bear, you take card 105, and 105 says, okay, you're blooded. It means we are not explaining people everything that is happening, but through the cards, when people, uh, someone takes a card and says, "Okay, I'm bleeding, I'm, um, I'm bloody, sorry," uh, okay, I just killed the bear, so obviously I, I, I use my knife or whatever to, 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 to take the meat out, and I put some blood on me. So, and later when you hunt, you have more risks of attracting predators if you are bloody. So once again, we are not saying, "Oh, you have blood on yourself, so now we are, you are going to attract predators." No, it's a, a mechanism that tells you that. If you are bloody and you hunt, then when you you have to choose the cards you keep, you will have to to keep a, a predator card, for instance, uh, because you are bloody. So it's right. the other way around. Yeah, the the mechanism itself that that choose your own adventure, you know, go to page thirty seven or go to page one hundred and two. That numbering system itself serves as a way to be mysterious so that you don't, like you said, don't explain everything right up front. It all is unveiled as you explore the universe, which is so much more fun and exciting. Well, it's uh, it's, I, it's something different. Ahead. For instance, if you compare it to other narrative games, such as in Time Stories, for instance, in Time Stories, mm -hmm. you are more about someone is telling you a story. Uh, in The Seventh Continent, it's more about you are living something. So we don't tell you what's happening every time you do something. It's more like uh, you do things, and then when the, the game ends, for instance, if you play for one hour or two hours, you will be able to tell your friends, oh, I did this, and 
I went to this place and oh, this is what happened to me. And someone else will tell you, oh, I went there too, but something else happened to me. Or I was like, oh, I was uh, almost dead. And then I, I, I faced this uh, snowstorm or whatever, or uh, thunderstorm. And I, I found uh, uh, an animal that was uh, hit by the thunder. So it helped me survive two more cards. And then I find, find some place to hunt. So it's yeah. like you are Marquis, making your own story, basically. So it's very different yeah, 100%. from the games in which, which are very fine as well, but it's something different in which um, the, the game tells you what's happening. So games such as Dead of Winter, small part right. of it, or Time Stories, or Tales of right. the Night. Those kind of games are more about you are a bit um, a spectator and you are listening to someone telling you a story. In Seventh Continent, the story is less important. So basically, you, you won't be like, you won't understand possibly the and what's at what's at stake, but uh, what you will live along your journey will uh, will be the story in itself. Yeah, and and it works so well as as you said. I'm you know you, you'll get into those situations, and I'm, I was always so impressed that it seemed so bleak. We were getting down to the lowest last few cards, and we thought, oh my god, we're all going to die. We're going to run out of exhaustion, and then something would happen that gave us this this ability to refresh our deck. And I have no idea how you managed to have that balance there that it seemed like at the last second, we would have this respite from, from certain death. And I was like, how did they know we would need this now? It, it all seemed to work so well. Yeah. It's, it's a lot impressive. of work to balance, uh, to balance the game, especially when players can do almost anything. Uh, yeah. Yet we have some tricks. So we, there are some things that, as uh, the, the gods of this universe, we can make sure. <laughs> so, for instance, when we built the continent, uh, we made sure to choose wisely where to put the hunt places. So they are, they are not too close to one another and yet not too far away. So mm -hmm. we, we knew that how many cards people would burn between one spot to the other, and it helped us decide, okay, so when they will arrive there, it might be a good place to hunt, and we are going oh. to put this here. So... So it's kind of it's game design basically, but uh, it's uh, and and uh, and it's very as I said. So for some players, it's going to be a rough journey. For others, it's going to be more easy. It depends on the way also you 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 get into being a good survivalist adventurer in the in right. the wild. Uh, because <laughs> uh, depending on if you 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 take care of the footsteps you see on the terrain cards, that will help you find gear more easily, game more easily. Or the, the the way you play is very important on how much you will uh, survive. It's really a survival game, also, apart from being an exploration game. Right, for sure, it feels that way. Um, and, and I imagine that there you have some crazy spreadsheet somewhere that had links all the numbers to one another. It was just the pure logistics of the numbering system a nightmare, or did that work out easier than I would expect? <laughs> no, it's a nightmare. <laughs> but uh, the good thing is, once it's done, it's very easy to check um, to check if everything works almost uh, properly. Uh, so basically, yes, we have to make sure that everything works. So especially in a game where you can do something on day one, let's say of the adventure, and then 10 hours later, you will do something that is directly linked to what you did 10 hours before. So we have to, to bear in mind all those kind of situations, uh, especially when when you do something that has a definitive uh, 
outcome, uh, some a consequence that is going to apply forever on the continent. For instance, if you if you meet someone and decide to kill the guy, the guy will always be dead. So we have to to keep this in mind and not uh, have something that spoils this uh, along the, the way. Um, mm -hmm. Yet, once we add all the cards, we basically we put every card on the the, the floor of our living room. So oh it's, I guess it's a I guess it's a six meter square uh, surface when you put all the the areas uh, at the same time on the ground. It was a huge map. Wow. And then awesome. you just basically you put one card after the other to make sure that every number fits and you don't come in a situation where when you have to go north, you take card, let's say, uh, 132, and then 132 is not meant to go there, so you know it's there's a mistake. So it's, right. it takes time. Oh, man. It takes about a day to check every version of the game to make sure every number matches uh, the card it goes to or the event related. Uh, so hopefully we made very few mistakes, considering that I think we had 10 cards, maybe with small mistakes on 1,355 cards as total. Wow. Uh, but yes, That's it was, a, it was, a, and we, we are, we are going to the same, uh, same thing now with the new expansion, especially it's worse now <laughs> because, uh, because now you can fly in this balloon. So the balloon allows you to basically land on several places on the base box which does exist already. Uh, uh -huh. Go back to the sky, explore new areas and land and go back to the sky and stuff. So we have to make sure that it all works together. Um, and that's only that's a fifth of all the cards we are designing. So, yeah. Oh, it's it's I love the game so much. And um, I, one of the things I think that uh, for my audience is um, a little, I don't know, frustrating or, or disappointing is that you, you have no plans to sell the game other than Kickstarter. Is that right? No. Yeah. So the game, the game is very expensive to manufacture. So when it comes to classic uh, distribution, meaning uh, you go through a distributor that sells your game to a shop that sells the game to a final player or consumer, uh, we, we just, uh, considering the, how expensive the game is to manufacture and because we chose to have also, when you spend four years on the game, you want the components to be top of the, top of the hill. And, uh, in the end, the game is very expensive, especially because there are more than about 1000 cards in the base box alone. So it's, 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 and it's very good paper. So, so this, this was not possible, unfortunately. Uh, and also we, yes, we, we think that we, we want to, to design other games using uh, what we we call now the choose your own pass uh, system, which is our, mm -hmm. basically it's our, our game system that we've developed for Seventh Continent. But we really would like to explore it in other universes, such as, oh. say, Medfan, Med Fantasy or Sci-Fi, because you could, yes. yeah, there are many things to explore there with new mechanisms and, and, and so, so basically, we we've been working for four years on Seventh Continent, and now we want to also try something else in the future. So we are Does it first focus, now that you've we are focusing on delivering the, the new expansion and the new content. But once it's done, we will start working on the other universes as well, most likely. Yes. Oh, that's so exciting to hear. Do you, Do you think now that you've sort of uh, you know worked out the systems that building new content into that system will go quicker than it was the first time? Uh, it should be yes for for some aspects, especially for the because what took time really was to design the 
stuff like that. Like as as I said, like uh, taking care of the sequence for uh, random events or stuff like that. Right. This is done. But if we go through new, most likely if we go to for new universes, some rules will have to change. For instance, if we if you play a knight uh, in a Medfan universe, he won't cra craft his sword, so we have to, to find another way to, to deal with that kind of stuff. But this is not much compared to all the works that has already been already being done to ensure that the system works. Um, so it should might be quicker, yes. Yet we'll have well, certainly... that will take time as well. So I don't know. Yeah, sure. Well, we, yeah, we we have this wish, but we haven't started really working on this. Uh, we are focusing on Seven's continent right now. Sure. Well, I, I'm very excited, especially the idea of a, of a sci-fi version of this game. Oh my goodness, that would be that would be right at my alley. But I love the Seventh Continent. Uh, I thank you so much for spending time talking to me about it. it. It's such such a huge achievement, and uh, as I said, one of my favorite games of all time at this point. So uh, I'm really really grateful that you guys put it out, and uh, I hope more people give it a, give it a try. Well, thank you for having us on the on the show today. It was very nice to right. to talk about what we what we do because uh, uh, like most game designers and game publishers I, as well, I guess it's uh, in the end it always comes to sharing the same uh, hobby and passion with uh, with our customers. So it's uh, it's just a win win situation. Awesome, that's well said. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Bruno. Thank you, Jeff.